0: Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all.
1: We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them.
0: We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness.
1: Today on the podcast, we have Rachel Rhee of the popular health, wellness, and lifestyle blog, The Dimple Life. Rachel shares her courageous journey transitioning from the corporate grind to a full-time health and wellness blogger. Little did she know this transition would be preparing her for the ultimate health challenge when she was diagnosed last year with kidney cancer. In this episode, we discuss her approach to her own health and happiness and how she used that through her trying times. She is now happily on the other side of her surgeries, in remission, and discusses how she had to redefine her approach to health and fitness to better suit her life now. We can't wait for you to hear this courageous episode.
2: Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We're so excited. <laughs> so, to start off, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how your your interest in wellness, your own sort of like personal journey. Sure. Began.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, it started for me around three years ago. So I would say 2016 um, ish. Um, I personally was going through a really difficult time. Um, I had sort of let certain life circumstances like really get the best of me and I let other people's actions really take power over me and it really shaped my confidence level. So I started to lose self-confidence in myself. Mm -hmm. I started to lose self-esteem and I kind of just went into like a depression of some sort um, during this time. And it had been a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months. And at a certain point, I really just felt like, what can I do to get myself out of this? I'm naturally very positive, very happy person. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just felt like I need to get back to that somehow. And when I thought back at that time on areas of when I felt the happiest, Mm -hmm. it was after getting a workout in or, Mm -hmm. you know, after like a major sweat session, it was usually like a cycling class or some kind of like hit high intensity workout. Um, but I always felt amazing. And so I was like, you know what, before, even though I did feel amazing, I kind of approached fitness in a way of like, well, I need to look great in this dress or I need to be prepared for this event that's coming up. And so it was always kind of about like the weight or the appearance, but I wasn't really tapping into that feeling that I was experiencing. And so this time around, knowing that I needed to kind of build up my confidence level and get my self-esteem back, I really wanted to tap into that emotional part of um, getting fit and working on my fitness. And so Um, I got online and I started an Instagram account and um, the whole point of that though was to really document and create kind of like an online journal for myself and um, take a selfie Mm -hmm. (laughs) every day that I would go to the gym or take a picture of some food that like made me feel really amazing and kind Mm -hmm. of just to document how I was feeling each day and Mm -hmm. so Anytime that I was feeling kind of down and I was kind of getting into that depressive state that I was in, I would look back at those pictures and think like, okay, you know what? Like I can motivate myself. I can feel better. So I'm just going to work on my fitness. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how it all started for me. Um, And so my online account um, with Instagram primarily, it really was a way for me to kind of like Have sort of like a little outlet and kind of create my own therapy in a way Mm -hmm. Um, and to kind of get myself to feel whole again Mm -hmm. and over time I sort of realized like at a certain point I felt whole and like how amazing was it that you know I worked through my fitness and health journey and really worked on myself and how great would it be if I were able to like make other women kind of Mm. get to that point of seeing the benefits of starting a health and wellness journey Mm. and so my online account kind of just like transitioned slowly into kind of being more focused on like how can I help other people now get to this point where I am I'm at yeah
0: that's amazing that's so So. beautiful thank you yeah (laughs) but I think when oftentimes like you see when when something a project or like you said for example just a you used it as a way to journal and document your Mm -hmm. own... It was really about your own day-to-day. Yeah. But there was, you know, integrity in that. And I find that when sometimes you start something without even the intention of it being more than just being that, right? Like documenting something for yourself, people respond to that because they see they see the authenticity in it too, mm-hmm.
2: you know? Totally, yeah. I've never really had, like, this filter of, like, well, I want to post, like, this certain thing and not show this part of me. It was always just really true to, like, how I was feeling in that moment. And yeah. now three years later, like, I still very much want to, you know, keep that authenticity about it.
0: Yeah, mm, that's And so three years beautiful. later, it's become your job. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: really crazy. Um, so last year, I quit my full-time corporate job. <sighs> Um, and now I'm blogging full time, which is pretty incredible. That's amazing! Thank you. That's
0: so exciting. <laughs> Can I ask, like, what what background you came from professionally?
2: Sure. Yeah. So I've had years of experience in digital marketing, so it does definitely come into mm-hmm. play um, with my career now. Yeah. Um, but I used to work for a management consulting firm. Um, I was there for about almost five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with the consulting world, um, it's a lot of travel. So, yeah. so for about maybe two and a half, almost three years, I was on a plane Monday morning at 6 a.m. And I would usually fly up to San Francisco and then I'd come back home to LA on Thursday evening. Mm-hmm. But throughout the week, I was like living in a hotel, I was eating out. And so kind of really just wasn't taking care of myself. Yeah. Um, And so ultimately, I realized, you know, there were just while the travel and all of that, and of course, the stability and the salary and everything like that was really great. But overall, my overall happiness level was depleting. And so I just really wanted to like tap into an area that Um, was more focused on my own health and also something that um, I could help uh, other people as well.
1: That's so, I think that's so important and so courageous that you took that leap for yourself to create something to fill up your cup. I think is really, really courageous that you were like, I need to do this and I need to take this time for myself.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely scary to get to that point because how do you walk away from like, Stability, and that's yeah. just like what I've been raised with. Like my, you know, my parents are immigrants. Like they worked so hard yeah. to like have what they have now, and so that's all they really crave for their life is to have that stability. And so it was such a scary step for me mm-hmm. to say, like, mom and dad, like I'm, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just kind of taking a leap of faith and believing in myself and knowing that you know, um, at least I'm. I still have a very much, like, a stability type of mindset. Yeah. So for me, like, I know if this doesn't work out, like, the plan B can always be to go back into a corporate world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I believe in myself at this point to, you know, take what I know um, and build off of this career that I have in, in social media.
1: Where did you find that courage, too? Did, was it just, like, you had to do it? Like, you you know, like, you just had to do Because I think, you yeah. know, we... Um, We interviewed um, Candace Nakia, who Mm -hmm. is um, a fashion lifestyle blogger as well. And she talked about her transition of leaving something that was more consistent and comfortable to be like, I'm gonna do this, even if it means this lack of stability. Or, you know, this lack of perceived right. stability, right? Because right. that's all it is. It's right. perceived stability. Right. We create our own stability. Exactly. Right, nothing is actually right. stabilized. Anybody in could this be laid world. off at any time. For yeah, sure. nothing. But I think there's something really um difficult, right? There's a lot of people who are unhappy in jobs or mm-hmm. relationships or with their lives. So it's like, where do you think that courage can- Comes I know that's from. like yeah. a loaded question, but where, you know, for anyone listening who might be feeling uninspired it's like where yeah. does that courage come from like what's that first step to be like I just have to do that.
2: for me honestly it was simply asking myself this question of am I happy mm-hmm. it's such a simple and even that is like a very loaded question but like that's something that I started to ask myself more and more mm-hmm. um as the years went on and you know maybe I started this job with the passion of you know getting into this consulting world and um you know doing, uh, having the work responsibilities of that job. But as my life evolved, my interests evolved and my passions were more so in health and wellness and helping other people in that regard. Mm. And so as I saw that my passions were transitioning away from the consulting world, Mm. I kind of just had to consciously make that choice of understanding that I honestly have We're only gonna have this day -day. today. We're only gonna live this one life. So if I don't take a chance on myself and really pursue what's in my heart, like when am I ever going to do that? Mm -hmm. And no one else can do that for me. It has to come from within. So Mm -hmm. it was honestly just like saying, you know what, I'm doing it (laughs) and and going for it. You know, you have to let go of that fear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not.
0: It's not an easy thing to do, but when you know when you sort of test it like, test it for yourself in your yeah. life, whether it's, like, small things or big things, like, letting go of the fear and acting kind of in opposition to that, some amazing things can come from that, yeah. you know, and yeah. sometimes the, the best things do, um, and there's always risk involved.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and, you know, if I hadn't taken that step of, like, I'm gonna, you know, forego the quote unquote stability of yeah. that lifestyle like I wouldn't have met so many incredible people I wouldn't be on this podcast <laughs> yeah. like you know there's so many other opportunities yes. that you can create for yourself when you start to live the life that you want to live
1: yeah. yeah and I think too it's I think it's worth mentioning you know how you said like it came out of this like bad period in your life yeah. Because in a similar way you know for us like this podcast came at a time when it was like
0: a very transitional, transitional time, time in our life of yeah. so
1: much struggle, so much change, so much, um,
0: uncertainty, so yeah. much
1: stuff. And it wasn't like this beautiful picture, perfect time to be like, we're going to start a brand new career and passion, yeah. right? Like yeah. it was, that not- was not the intention. <laughs> <even>. <laughs> but, totally. but I think, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the opportune time. Both of our lives yeah. were full of transition, full of a lot of, um, difficulty. Yeah. But Out came this beautiful thing that now like sets our souls on fire, unlike anything else. And I think there's something for that because I think too a lot of people wait for that perfect time. Exactly. And there isn't.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And what is that perfect time? Like who dictates what that is? Like you have to create the time for yourself. Yeah.
1: And sometimes that bad, like sometimes bad and difficult moments happen to push you in the direction you're supposed to go to, to help other people, to explore. In a totally different way.
2: Definitely.
0: So, so with that, (laughs) I wanted to ask you about a challenging time that you went through this past year. Yeah. Will Will you talk a little bit about your cancer diagnosis? Yeah,
2: definitely. So, um, you know, like I mentioned, I've kind of been on this health and wellness journey for about three years now, and I really felt like in the middle of last year, I was kind of like at the height of. My health and wellness. You know, Mm -hmm. I was taking care of myself or so I thought and like, you know, everything was really great. Um, I was feeling really good overall. And then all of a sudden in August of last year of 2018, um, one day I remember just feeling very, very tired Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, it's the summer, maybe it's the sun that got to me. I was at the beach the day before. So I was kind of like making these excuses in my head of why I might be feeling so tired. Um, The day went on, I took a nap, I still didn't really feel great, Um, so I was actually down in Orange County at my parents' house visiting um, my parents, and I was supposed to come back up to LA, but I was even too tired to drive up, so I thought, like, okay, I need to just maybe chill out at my parents', spend the night, and I'll feel better in the morning. Um, When I woke up that next day, I just woke up with such excruciating stomach pain. And I thought, you know, maybe I just, like, ate something weird last night. I was still making these excuses up, um, except now it wasn't the stomach pain, only it was then, like, a shooting pain in my lower back. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is too much information, but, like, okay. (laughs) So then, um, you know, I went to the bathroom, and when I looked down, like, the whole toilet was filled with blood. Like, I was peeing blood, basically. And I thought, like did I start my period or, you know, what is this? I was trying to like kind of um, reason with myself of like, what could this be? I've never really had an issue like this before. Um, And I started just getting very nauseous and I was trying to throw up. I couldn't do that. And it was just all of these symptoms all came at once. And luckily I was at my parents' house. So my mom came upstairs. She brought me downstairs. We went to the ER Um, and then later that day I got a CT scan and the doctor realized that I actually, um, had a tumor or an abnormal mass is what they called it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to stay for a couple of days. They ran some more tests and, and then they confirmed that it was like 99.9% cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they found an eight centimeter tumor on my right kidney. Oh Um, yeah, so it was really big and, you know, obviously doctors don't know, no one really knows like when the tumor starts growing or when it gets there. Um, but they said just based on the size and kind of in, you know, based on other, uh, patients and their history and and whatnot, um, they guessed that it's probably been growing there for three years.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So right at the
0: start of your journey, exactly.
2: Right at the start of my health and wellness journey. It's so crazy. So even now when I think back and, when I go through, like, my photo albums and I look at old pictures, I'm like, oh, wow, like, I had such a amazing day that day. But, like, oh, there was something, like, growing inside me that I didn't know. Mm. So there's still, like, certain moments like wow, that that yeah. I experienced. But, yeah, it was definitely such a shock. Um, but luckily, um, a few weeks later after that, I was able to get surgery. I removed the tumor, removed my right kidney, um, and I caught it at a time where it hadn't spread. It was just stage two. Um, but now I just have to go in for like routine checkups just to make sure that like it hasn't gone anywhere else.
0: Yeah. Wow. What? Wow. I'm, it's like, it's, it's, I am fascinated talking to other people having also had my own sort of experience yeah. with that. What did, do you remember what it feels like or felt like when the doctor confirmed that it was cancerous? Like, do you remember we are like, but I'm. I'm healthy. <laughs> like,
2: I honestly, it didn't register to me.
0: Yeah. It
2: really, um, this experience really opened my eyes to how I deal with trauma or deal mm. with news. Um, my first reaction was like, oh, okay. Like it just didn't process in my brain. Yeah. Um, and also at the time, you know, I had my family in the room as well. Mm. So I kind of felt like I had to be strong and I couldn't Mm. necessarily show them all of my emotion because I just didn't want them to worry about me even more. Um, And then it wasn't until later that evening when my parents had gone home, they they had to go do a few things and I was alone. And I remember texting like all my friends and like telling them like, pretty sure I have cancer like I don't know what to do and then like when I started kind of writing it out like that that's when it sort of hit me like whoa this is real like this isn't a movie or you know this actually happened for a while it kind of felt just like surreal
0: yeah
2: um but yeah I mean it's just later that evening is when everything sort of hit me and I remember just sort of like bawling like alone in the hotel or in Mm -hmm. the hospital room and um just really trying to process everything.
0: Yeah, oh. it's it's like such an intense sort of experience, but it doesn't feel real, right? Like especially when you feel like some, you know, I know you you had an onset of symptoms, right? Yeah, like you knew you were sick in yeah. some way. In that, what was it like? Forty eight hours that you started exactly. Passing? That's yeah. wild. That it. Yeah, only like sort of.
2: All, all, at, all once. at once, yeah. And the doctors at first thought like, oh, you probably just have kidney stones because those are the symptoms for kidney stones. Right. And they said, you know, we'll give you some medication. You'll be out of here like shortly. Yeah. Um, and then it turned out that it wasn't. But yeah, I'm. I feel so fortunate and so thankful that I did get those symptoms yeah. Yeah. all at once because honestly... If it was just the stomach ache or if it was just the back pain, I might not have gone to the doctor.
1: Well, it is. You're so protected in that way. And I think, too, like, it's almost like mystic or that, you know, you got so healthy, right, in those three years. Yeah, yeah. All in 2018, right? Like you said, you went full-time with your blog. And then you got this cancer diagnosis. But at the same time, it's like it's almost like your life prepared you. Yeah. Like, like, so that you were doing this full-time. And maybe, too, like you cleared out or you were healthy, like mentally, physically, emotionally for your body to be like, oh, maybe that's why you got all the symptoms at once, you know? Because I think when we're not taking care of ourselves – we're so used to feeling unwell, right? Like, I just have stomach aches all the time, right? Like, I just have stomach aches all the time, or I always have pain. And so it becomes normal, and we don't think to, like, check on it until we just fall apart. Exactly,
2: (laughs) yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you're so right just in terms of, like, my life kind of setting me up for this experience because I really feel like... Kind of like the mental strength, the physical strength, the emotional strength that I've kind of gone through and built up the past three years really prepared me a lot better for this Mm -hmm. journey that I'm on Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to like had I not gone through all of that and not gone through that work of like working on myself, I might be in a different place emotionally now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and so many mom.
1: healthy young women like you, like Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, we know so many other people who are getting cancer diagnoses. You mm-hmm. know, like in their twenties and thirties. Like it's yeah. just un, it's unbelievable. And so I think you using your voice and this platform that yeah. you created to spread awareness is unbelievable because it might make someone be like, oh, you know, sometimes. I pee a little blood or whatever. Like maybe I should get that checked out. You just don't know who's listening or watching you that could then
0: be impacted and affected to call a doctor. Yeah, definitely. And and I don't know how, for me, something that was hugely like, like a wake up from it is Mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter how healthy you are. It doesn't, this cancer is not something that discriminates. Mm-hmm. And it's Absolutely. not that you can't be proactive in in lifestyle and yeah. diet and all the things that we like can control, but sometimes you still find yourself in the position where it's something you're dealing with, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think f- I remember feeling like, I'm not invincible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes as a young person, young ish person at this yeah, point. Yeah. Like you you think like, oh, nothing's ever gonna happen to me. Like and it's not it's not ego. It's just like we're sort of like accustomed to think maybe it is ego, but like we're accustomed to just be that way. But to then experience something like that, there's a different kind of appreciation for how fragile life can be as well
2: totally yeah and like you guys like I know people my age who also had cancer but even before I was diagnosed I kind of felt like oh, well, that's them. Right. You know, that's not me.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Until yeah. it is me, <laughs> then I'm like, it can really happen to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that's what's so important about like using my voice and, and having a platform to really share with people, like to just be mindful of how you live and mm-hmm. to, to take care of yourself. And um to be honest, I feel like when we talk about kind of like health, fitness, like being healthy, people kind of Um, just relate that to working out or Mm -hmm. to eating a salad. And Mm -hmm. those things are super important and it's a huge component of your health. But there's so many other things that go into being well. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, You know, how much are you sleeping? For me, that was such a huge... um, That's always something that I've struggled with and Mm -hmm. especially coming from this consulting world of, Mm -hmm. you know, always traveling and client needs are always priority. You know, I was working on you know five hours of sleep every night consistently and that just kind of like takes a toll on your body and so there's all these other things about your lifestyle that you can really um hone in on outside of just movement and nutrition
0: yeah absolutely absolutely. (laughs) including stress stress and emotional management or spiritual like i think that all those aspects of our lives and they're different for everybody yeah but like for me the way I used to process stress or internalize stress, mm-hmm. I think had a huge impact on, like, my cells manifesting yeah. cancer. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, I do think it's, like, it, you need to kind of create the perfect environment in your body, right, for that, to instead of, like, the bad cells to die off for them to flourish, right? Yeah. But, like, our emotions, our hormones, like, it's all connected.
2: Everything is connected. And
0: so if you have, like... If you don't have tools to manage stress and you're internalizing emotional things, that can affect your physical body. Not only can it affect your physical body, it will affect your physical yeah, body. Yeah, because we can't, right, the things we can't
1: control are, like, our genetics, yeah. our free radicals in the environment, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, there's so much we can't control. Yeah. And it can feel like stress, you know. Things we can't control, though, are, like, the food we eat. Mm-hmm to a certain extent, the way we move our body. Yeah. But at the end of the day, even if, like you said, you yeah. eat right, you work out, if you can't control this, like, emotional wellness, right, you're going to probably get sick. Even if it's not cancer, it yeah. could just be... It could be moderate moderate auto- exactly. I, yeah. I think I think that's why, like, it's incredible, because I think our generation is sicker, and, mm-hmm. and our country is getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and it's mm-hmm. for so many... It's for so many reasons that we're not. It, it's it's really it's a really interesting multi-layered conversation. For yeah,
2: sure. it definitely is. Yeah, and just thinking about emotional wellness, um, that absolutely manifests itself physically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even going back to kind of like the trauma and like the life circumstances that I was going through three years ago, like I held on to that and I Mm -hmm. had that heaviness in my heart. And that is something that, you know, I can't obviously say it contributed, but that definitely doesn't help. Yeah, of course. You know, when you're holding on to certain traumas in your life and you're letting that kind of eat, eat at you on the inside, that creates that stress in your body and stress, um, Yeah, stress in our system. We
1: had, um, a great episode with Robert Yang, who's mm, all about yeah, gut health, yeah. and he basically said, he goes, we all have, like, a limit on our buckets, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, imagine, like, a bucket filled with water, and it can only, like, get to the tippy top, and he said trauma, some sort of, like, traumatic life event, mm-hmm. like a death or anything, right, like, some sort of, any sort of trauma. Yeah. Um any sort of, like, even, like, stress in your work, getting fired, yeah. right, like, a breakup, all of these stresses, it can yeah. be from, like, the smallest to the small to the biggest to the big, will then overflow your bucket. Yeah. And when your
0: bucket is overflowing, you will get sick. Yeah. He was basically, like... Right, like, your body at a certain point can, like, manage to a certain level. Right. But then once, like, there's even one more sort of, like trauma that you add in and that's going to overflow. and I know I'm sure
1: some people listening are like well like fuck like I can't control (laughs) that like my boyfriend broke up with me or cheated on me or that I got beat up or like whatever like some sort of like a lot of times like traumatic events are completely out of our control and they're not your fault right? right so I think that's why creating for ourselves some sort of emotional wellness like so we're like prepared so when okay. something happens to us that is out of our control well we have our spirituality yeah or we have our emotional practice or yeah. we have our meditation whatever it is we yeah. go to church it could yeah. like literally be anything for any different pe- person but I think it's like don't wait until your bucket is overflowing to be like damn I have to manage my stress now exactly. right it's like yeah. how do we like pre- Pre no, no, prepare, yeah. prepare, <laughs> prepare to handle yeah. whatever life is gonna. Because life is gonna throw things at us for the rest of our lives. Yeah, that's just that's the only for sure.
2: Yeah, and I feel like as a society, like everyone wants to get better when they're sick. Yeah, right? but there's so much about that thought that has to kind of change it's all about prevention yeah let's do things to our lives and let's work on our emotional well-being our physical well-being all of that before we get sick before anything traumatic happens so that when these life circumstances come our way like we're able to have the right tools to know how to cope with it and manage it
0: how Um, do you do you have a practice for yourself or or sort of like Routine or ritual or or something that you go to to manage your stress? Yeah, like what is your self-care?
2: Yeah, I have, I'm all about (laughs) self-care. So I have a ton of different things that I love. But honestly, I've always been such a journaler, Mm. like ever since I was in grade school. Yeah, I just, I love writing. And that's also part of the reason maybe why I was drawn to like Instagram is like the (laughs) captions and like, you know, being able to like write out my feelings and things like that. Um, But that's always been super therapeutic for me. Um, I've recently, as of this last year, really gotten into meditation. Mm. Um, there's an app that I use, um, called stop, think, breathe that I really love. Um, and it's great because you can kind of, it gives you these prompts of like, how are you feeling physically, but also how are you feeling emotionally? And Mm. then it'll sort of calculate, okay, this is kind of like the best meditation for you, or you need to, gratitude practice right That's now. Awesome. Yeah, cool. so it's really great. Um I love that now we're living in a time where like these kinds of things are out there and accessible for yes. yeah. people. Um because like self care, mindfulness, all of that is like just so important and vital for surviving. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so in surviving the issues of the time. Too, yeah. Right. Like yeah. things like when we're constantly connected to I you know I know we're on a podcast so I'm like I'm holding up my phone yeah. um, but like yeah. constantly connected to screens and stimulation yeah and, and the but like like you said the other side of that is now we have tools that kind of yeah. Yeah, can help with all the stimulation mm-hmm. or being overstimulated
2: definitely yeah. yeah but yeah just going back to the self-care like gratitude journaling all of that is really important to me I'm a huge fan of like I, I feel like Instagram kind of glorifies this in some yeah. way, but honestly, the me time of like taking a bath and mm. like that really, it it soothes me. It helps me. It's alone time. Yeah. Um, so it's just like the little things that anyone can get in a day. Like if you yeah. don't have a bath, like go outside for a walk for five minutes or, you know, do yeah. something like that to kind of like clear your mind and do something that's just focused on you.
1: Yeah. How has your fitness had to right change, like you're, I'm sure too, like, you know, you are like spinning and doing all that stuff, so now that you've um, had your surgery and are, you know, recovering, and you're in remission,
2: Mm -hmm. so you're,
1: that's so exciting, okay, so, um, you know, so now that you're like, you know, recovered, but still recovering, like this just happened, six months ago, so how has your fitness had to change, and has your diet changed at all, like, how are you nourishing yourself, you know, in that way as well, post-cancer?
2: Yeah, so my fitness definitely changed. Um, I used to be someone, um, yes, I used to be a a former spin instructor, Um, so I was teaching classes um, like twice a day, but Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot, plus getting in my own workout. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just constant, my adrenaline was constantly up, my cortisol levels were constantly up. Um, I'm a huge fan of boxing, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was doing just like all this really high-intensity stuff. Um, but post everything, I've really been leaning into like yoga, hiking, um, getting some high intensity training, like some boxing in there, but like once a week, yeah. yeah. Before it would be like sometimes I do two boxing classes in a day, and like wow. you know, I was in this mindset of like, oh, no days off, you mm-hmm. know, and I feel like in fitness culture, sometimes that is, um, you know praised but I'm all about like let's take it easy you know let's just move our body for 30 minutes in whatever way that looks like for you and if you can't handle that 30 minutes like take a day off like if you need it you need it yeah um and that's okay and not to just like be too hard on yourself in that regard um so yes my fitness has definitely slowed down a lot um but I'm learning now that that is totally fine and that's kind of where my journey is now. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as nutrition goes, I've definitely been reading so many books and so much information mm-hmm. on, um, cancer prevention, anti-cancer, mm-hmm. all of that. And so I've definitely modified, um, how I consume food and what foods mm-hmm. I consume. Um, kind of going back into this world of like, well, in the fitness lifestyle, like, you know, there's people that count macros, count calories, mm-hmm. all of that. And I used to kind of fall into that trap. For me, um, that's not necessarily something that is sustainable. And I've had to unlearn some habits. Um, so, for example, I used to eat, like, six-inch Subway mm-hmm. subs because, <laughs> you know, the calorie count was yeah. like it fit into that day. and yeah without really looking at the quality of that food and the processed meat and all of that. So, um, you know, I dropped processed meat from my diet. Um, I dropped, uh, meat in general. I just, um, stick to, um, seafood and mostly plants. Um, I don't consume dairy. So Mm -hmm. I've definitely just trying, have been trying to kind of clean up certain things about my nutrition, um, that fits for me. Right. Not to say that that can't work for yeah, someone else, yeah. um, but that's what's
1: working for you. But
2: yeah, for me, this yeah. is kind of a lifestyle change that I want to make.
1: I thought something I saw on your Instagram page, which I thought yeah. was so interesting, was you posted about the hospital options after your surgery. Oh my gosh! Was just something I we saw care. that you did. Maybe she I that I said. it
2: yeah. to you yeah. so I complain about, about this that. so much. It's so it's insane. Atrocious. Yes. So when I was recuperating from surgery. Um, I obviously had to eat the hospital food, and I was just really shocked at the quality of the food that they give you. Like, everything that they give you has, like, added sugar, has high fructose corn syrup, it's white bread, like, (laughs) you know, it's just all these things that there's so much research done where these things are not good for you and yeah. they will actually contribute to getting, getting disease. Sick. Yeah. But
1: like it's like and you're in the hospital and where you, you in should the be hospital. getting like even if right like they don't have the money for like organic right. or whatever, at least they should be giving you like a things vegetable. that don't have added sugar. Right. I right.
2: know,
0: <laughs> but there are there are hospitals now. I mean think about it as a business model. There are hospitals now too that have McDonald's in them that have fast yes. foods in hospitals. There's a few of them out there. I've recently like watched this I
1: don't know. This is I'm something Ali is very passionate about. Well, because <laughs> and my, it is. Also,
0: I had two grandparents in the last so many years get quadruple bypass. Wow! Yeah, and they both are in their eighties, mm-hmm. and they both had. Um, they both are diabetic, mm-hmm. and my grandpa. I mean, he he got it a few years back, and my grandma called me and was asking me about when my other grandma was getting the surgery. She says. This is my grandma. So she goes, did she have the sugar? And I was, like, trying to figure out, like, what this, this, like, means in my head. Yeah. And what she meant was, is my other grandma who had the surgery also diabetic? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. She goes, oh. And my grandma who, like, just was randomly talking about, like, an observation she made. And she's not, like, you know, she calls diabetes sugar. So like, yeah, like, yeah. she was like, oh, well, when your grandfather was in the hospital... Everybody who also was recovering, like, in his, you know, ICU, whatever, his, like, his recovery ward, Mm. all were diabetic.
2: Mm -hmm. Everybody
0: with heart disease. And you know what they're giving them? They're giving them smaller pieces of apple pie.
2: Right. Right. They're like, oh, well, he
0: is the diabetic option, so give him, like, a half a slice of the apple pie serving. Yeah. And it's like, when I heard this, it made me absolutely crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like... It's a cycle, right? Yeah. I can't can't talk all that. But but like
1: you said, right? Like, we treat illness and disease, we don't focus on prevention. Exactly. So I think because, unfortunately, the mass medical community isn't focused on prevention, people like you who have a platform who can remind people to focus on caring for themselves, like, you're really doing, like a huge thing for like everybody oh, who follows you the yeah. but
0: truly because that's Just bringing like, awareness to the fact that it's like smuckers and whatever exactly. it was that was there and it's yeah. like this is <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. puncher not puncher to call puncher. anyone
2: out but yes, yes. smuckers sorry, and skippies not good I mean, <laughs> Maybe, like I mean
1: much many a skippy with like a spoon it's delicious right. but it's not what I would want to have when I'm trying to you know, recover.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It definitely bothers me that that's like very much the diet in hospitals. Hospitals, But if you're an average person living your life, you want to eat it like, you know,
1: just know what it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. It's just having, but a lot of people are like, Oh, it's just peanut butter. Right. And that's why I'm really a proponent. What I've been like really sharing, a lot with my friends is, like, read labels. Because exactly. Because think peanut you know, you think even almond butter is healthy, but a lot of almond butter has, like, canola oil yes. and sugar. And, you know, so we just have to become our own advocates. So that Absolutely. if you decide, I'm going to go eat Skippy, you know what you you're just eating. know it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. yeah. So like, no hate on Skippy. Yeah.
2: Just, you know, <laughs> be aware. <of>. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so what, um, where are you in the process right now in your recovery? And, like, what is, what is your next step and... What are you like looking forward to?
2: Well, so in my recovery, I am, I would say, quote unquote, fully recovered Mm -hmm. in that, you know, I'm able to move around Um, for a while. I wasn't able to walk or anything. So, you know, I'm able to go about my day in just a way that anyone else would. Um, So in that way, I'm fully recovered. But I do have um, my first scan coming up. So um, that's something that I'm always kind of like. That's in the back of my mm-hmm. head of just like always being mindful of like, yeah. I am on a different path than other people yeah. might be. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting that in the past of yeah. like, you know, getting my scan taken care of and all of that. But as far as work goes, um, you know, through this whole process of um, getting sick and kind of having this time out of realizing like what is really important to me, mm-hmm. it really put, life into perspective, it's such an interesting thing of like, feeling like you're facing your own mortality Mm -hmm. and like, kind of trying to see like, what do I want to do with my life? Mm. And while I feel like I am on this path of like, you know, helping people in their health and wellness journey, another component for me that I really want to tap more into is um, providing more service to people who need it the most. And so really partnering up with nonprofit organizations or other um, communities where um, I can use my platform to spread awareness about their mission as well. Um, So one thing that I did recently is I hosted an event at a yoga studio where I um, brought my community members um, into this free class and this free experience. But then they also um, got to learn about a nonprofit organization that I am actually a part of they're called the foundation of living beauty and basically what they do is they empower women who are living with cancer Mm. so they create these like wellness workshops retreats and create kind of resources in a community for people who are you know, going through this, mm. um, and so um, in order to come to that event, um, these other girls, like, they had to bring um, and donate socks and comfy socks for the women who mm. are going through chemotherapy so that they can, oh, like, kind God. of be a little bit more comfortable in their situation, so it's just little things like that um, and spreading awareness, and so I'm really looking forward to doing more work like that and mm. partnering up with more non and just kind of spreading the good vibes. <laughs> I that's
0: awesome. I think wow. we need all, all that we can get. Yeah. So that's, that's so like, beautiful. Yeah. 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 We talk a lot about that too, especially with food. Yeah. We really feel passionate about like accessibility. Yes. Affordability. And affordability. And education. And yeah. So I totally, I love that you're using something yeah. that was like tough for you. Yeah. To like help other people who are yeah. going through it too. So yeah. beautiful. Um, Oh, so after, I have a question because this is something that's like sort of like a personal question from my own experience I want to like ask you. Yeah. So after you, um, or right after you had surgery and yeah. you were in recovery, yeah, you talked about, you know, along the way shifting your, having to shift your health, I mean, your, your fitness, your diet a little mm-hmm. bit. Um. Did you find your body, like, talking to you in a different way? Like, did you did you have any cravings for anything during recovery? Do you... Or, like, do Because I had a really intense experience that actually changed my diet. Really? When I was recovering, yeah. And, um... You were a vegetarian. I, yeah, I was... I've been dairy-free for, like, nine years. Mm. I was... Pretty much a vegetarian, like I wasn't eating any meat, but I was pescatarian. I'd eat yeah. fish sometimes, and then I got cancer. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, like, Wait a second! I was doing this because I wasn't getting cancer, right, right? Right. And obviously, there are so many elements that can, right? But yeah. when I was recovering, I had like sixteen staples in my back, yeah. and all I was like dreaming about for days. Was red meat. <laughs> I was Whoa. like, I hadn't had it in four years. Yeah, but I was also repairing like my fascia, right? right. So I think there was just like I really was craving something specifically red meat too. <laughs> I was like mm. go right yeah. for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And finally, I had to listen to my body. Yeah. And I went to McCall's meat market. I'll never forget because okay. I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? You know, I felt like I was like betraying myself yeah. or something. And I asked for one piece of steak. But it was, like, grass-fed, and it was from a local... Grass-fed, grass-finished from a local farm. And I was like, here we go. I'm going to get so sick from this, you know? And I went and I cooked it at home. And I ate the whole thing. And I felt, like, amazing. (laughs) So there was something in my recovery when I was, like, actually repairing that really was telling me, like, this is what your body needs right now. And that was, like, a big lesson for me, which was, like... It's okay to listen to your body. If, you're, mm-hmm. if you have that, there's, it's for a reason that you're having it. And for me, it was like a very specific reason in that moment. But I, I sort of developed a new relationship with diet after that because mm-hmm. I was like, if I can always have that kind of intuition about right. what I need, obviously like plants, no one's going to argue plants should be the basis of like most... Yeah. human's diets right. um, and that unfortunately is not the case for most people in this country but if you need a little something of this or that or whatever and you focus on the quality then that's okay if, if you're like your yeah. body might need something different than my body is yeah. you know and so that was like a new perspective I had about the way I ate Yeah. and I'm just wondering if you had any sort of if you have any memories of like right after surgery the recovery process and if you remember feeling differently about your body at all?
2: Okay. Well, for me, like, right after, I kind of didn't have an appetite, which was mm-hmm. weird for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just didn't really want to eat anything, but the doctor just said, like, even if you don't want to, you need to because yeah. your body yeah. just needs that fuel to repair itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, actually, I had a different experience of, like, when I did want to eat... I ate really quote-unquote clean yeah. mm-hmm. what that was, whatever that meant for me at that time. Um, but I was just, like, so super conscious and, like, hyper aware of, like, everything that I was eating to an extent where I feel like it was maybe psychologically not the healthiest. Mm-hmm. Just being so laser-focused on that mm-hmm. um, because I've always had this mindset of, like, balance. You know, yeah. eat what you want. Yeah. Um, but I'm slowly getting back into that area of, like, you know, just eat well for your body, and that's kind of, I think, like, the most sustainable way for anyone to live, is just, like, listen to your body, and I don't love these labels of, like, well, I'm keto, I'm paleo, I'm vegan, I'm, you know, just eat how you feel. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I I, I completely and totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, but it's true, because, I think when you label yourself as something, there's just so much judgment. Or, like, what yeah. if you do want a piece of steak one day? It's like, you know, don't... It's okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, all okay. It's all okay. And yeah. I think
0: sometimes, like, when feel, things feel out of control, like, when you have just had surgery yeah. for cancer. And it's, like, an easy place to go to be, like, well, what I can control is my food. What yeah, exactly. What I can exactly. is this. So you, can, you can sometimes have an extreme response, for me I was like, well I've been trying to be so good and i got it anyway right and i had this i had to have this moment to be like no Allie, like it still matters what you put in your body you can't yeah. just be like well fuck it you yeah. know what I mean? like yeah. i would be like well i've been a vegetarian <sighs> no. for 4 years and i yeah. Yeah. it's interesting though
1: cuz like there isn't like it's not one size fits all no right
2: just, exactly it's
1: just yeah it's
0: not one size fits all
2: yeah
0: oh. so in your journey this is something we ask all of our all of our guests yeah. but do you have any um either books or podcasts or anything that's been, like, really inspiration to, inspirational to you. <laughs> let me let me say that again. We're that part. In your journey, has there been any books or um, music or podcasts that, like, have really defined and been inspirational to you throughout, like, sort of, like, this wellness journey?
2: That yeah, doing? I mean, well, most recently, the book that I... Uh, finished reading is called (laughs) Anti-Cancer it's been very relevant to um, my path and my journey but I do think that it is um, filled with a ton of knowledge that I think anyone can really Use. I mean, it goes back to our conversation about like prevention, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just about educating yourself of like, what is good for your body. And it's not only talking about nutrition, while that's like a huge component of the book, it talks about all kinds of things. It talks mm-hmm. about emotional wellness and all of that as well. Um, so I highly recommend that book. Um the full title you'll have to look up but okay. the, the and main thing. is... We can put
0: it in like the show notes. The show notes. Yeah. 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 If anyone wants to look it up.
2: Yeah. And as far as like, you know, talking about trauma and kind of like leaning into those experiences, any book by Brene Brown I feel mm-hmm. like has been really um, influential. Um just because it, she talks about kind of like leaning into that vulnerability and not linking your traumas with shame because that's yes. kind of I feel like where um, you know your traumas can get sort of like amplified. Yes. Um, so kind of just exploring your own emotional well-being um, by exploring the the positions or the the experiences that you've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so any book by her has been really great. Um, as far as podcasts go, there's so many. I know. Um, I mean Oprah, Super Soul, like she's <laughs> always the queen. Yeah. Um, she has so many amazing guests. Um, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's, good. yeah. That's I mean, I those yeah. are the things that
2: kind of come to the top of mind for me. <laughs>
1: and where can everyone find you on the internet and on Instagram? Yeah,
2: so my Instagram handle is just Dimple It, um, and my blog is theDimpleLife.com. Okay, oh,
0: love it. Yeah. Thank, you. Well, thank, thank you so, so much, much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week.
1: Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review, and you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness.
0: Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm
1: Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.